0: How's it going, Suncast listeners? My name is Reagan Harrell, and welcome in to another episode of Suncast. It has a—it's uh, been a little bit, obviously. Uh, Josh and I have been dealing with a lot with Hurricane Ian ourselves. Uh, told Josh, you know, take some time, go be with your family. He was right in the middle of it, as was I. Uh, it, it was rough. I mean, I'm sure a lot of y'all understand how bad it got uh especially our polk county teams weber warner got hit the worst obviously here in lake wells just got power back a couple of days ago and same with babson park you know go to school in Babson park live in lake wells whatever Uh, southeastern same deal got really bad some of our southern schools down at the bottom of the state uh, didn't get hit quite as hard, but still really affected by it. Of course, we appreciate all the reach out and love we have gotten from our Georgia schools, Thomas University, and Coastal Georgia and SCAD. Uh, as y'all can probably tell, my voice is just a little bit raspy right now. I am uh, I'm dealing with some food poisoning. <laughs> On top of of everything else, got a little food poisoning going through the blood, but what I can assure you is that food poisoning did not come from that beautiful man, the beautiful Brazilian, El Butteron. Mr. Vaughn, thank you so much for everything you do with Suncast and for the Sun Conference and for Weber International University. Uh, You are the sponsor of this podcast. We are looking to reach out with other sponsors, but you are, we'll never forget about you, my man. You are number one in our hearts and you're the number one Brazilian food cook on this side of the Mississippi River. So, Josh will be joining the show just a little bit later. We're doing a little bit of time traveling. I wanted to go ahead and you know just talk a little bit of volleyball and a little bit of men's and women's soccer. So, this is basically just going to be more of a preview going forward rather than what happened uh, last weekend, You know, a little bit of time has passed. We'll get into a little bit, but... To start off with, I think we'll go with volleyball because volleyball was a a little bit of an eye-opener last weekend for a lot of teams. I think a couple of teams got humbled, and I think a couple of teams kind of sent a message saying, hey, we are still extremely good. And starting off with that is the Kaiser University Seahawks. Look, coming into conference play, Kaiser was the only team receiving votes in the Sun Conference, which I did not agree with, and had them at the uh, number two in Suncast Power Rankings. We will be doing volleyball power rankings at the end of this segment. But it, I, I had a lot of questions for them. They, they did not answer the bell against St. Thomas. However, they welcomed in a red-hot Weber International team who had won 10 of their last 11. And they, they beat them all over the court. They were better offensively. They were better at the nets. They had better digs. They were just, well, quite frankly, the better team. Hannah Heidi continues to be arguably the best setter in the NAIA. She has 36, or me, she had 36 total assists against Weber, and she's number one in the entire nation. Olivia Valentine led the way with more, more 16 kills, and she is a front runner right now with Say over at Ave Maria for being one of the top offensive players. And look, we we talked about what it takes for Weber to win. They have to use their middle blockers. And well frankly they didn't do it well. They were beaten in the middle, they're beaten in the net. Hannah Sampson led the way for the Seahawks with five total kills. Now I don't think it, it's over for Weber. You know, this is still a younger younger team that's still trying to gel together. They're one and two in conference play, but they have a tough test ahead. And they still have to play the St. Thomas team who's looking extremely good. They just swept coastal Georgia. Now coastal Georgia is towards the bottom. In, in the standings, but you know, Weber did what they needed to do against Coastal, and well, then so did St. Thomas. And what's really impressed me through seeing three Sun Conference games with the Bobcats is they can get down early and then come right back. And they are a complete team. And it was showed against Coastal Georgia, again a team you know that they're a team you know you you gotta go out there and you gotta beat and you gotta handle well. St. Thomas does that by hitting it a 43.4% hit rate, and then holds Coastal Georgia to a 9% hit rate. I mean, that's that's ridiculous. It's unbelievable. And, you know, they, they have a tough test coming up with Florida National University. I don't know if that game uh, will get played or rescheduled. You know, Hurricane Ian has just completely screwed everything up. But another team that we looked at coming in and we had – or, excuse me, I had high expectations for covering volleyball – was Florida Memorial Volleyball. I thought they were a team who could end up sneaking in and surpassing, you know, a St. Thomas or a Kaiser even. But they they had a chance to do kind of a similar thing to what St. Thomas just did and beat a team that's in the lower part of the conference in volleyball in Southeastern. And Southeastern just holds up their fingers and says, well, now hold on a minute. we're still We're, we're still the fire and we're going to have good players and we're going to do well. And, you know, sure enough, they go out there and they do that. They beat a really good Florida Memorial team at home. It was a good good game all around. Southeastern dominated the first set, but then it was fairly even the rest of the way. And Southeastern looks like they were going to have to be in a fifth set as Florida Memorial was leading most of that fourth set. And then the Fire were able to hold on and win 27-25 win in that fourth set. Lord, I, my voice is killing me right now. So, ugh, food, poison, and sex, gays. It, uh, it's not a fun time. But a lot like St. Thomas, Southeastern is a team that doesn't rely on just one person. That was shown once again. Bailey, uh, Wernachie, Grace Petty, and Chapel Cunningham all have nine kills. And I'll get a much better understanding of what the Southeastern team is about this coming up Wednesday as they travel to beautiful Babson Park, and I'm finally back on the cough. It's like it's been forever. In front of the mic, headset on, all that. Um, just due to the hurricane, and excuse me, whatnot. But you know, the southeastern team. I, I think it could be a rough start to the season. They turn out, turn it up in conference play. But as we continue to develop through the season and through the Sun Conference schedule, it's starting to feel like this might. This league could very well. I'm not guaranteeing this. It's still early, and who knows? I mean, Hurricane Ian could completely shake everything up as far as mojo, momentum, and getting some rest. I'm sure if Weber has Amanda Vega down in West Palm Beach, I'm not saying they beat Kaiser, but I'm willing to bet they don't get swept against them. They'll clean up some of that de- the defensive errors that they had. But w- we'll see what happens. But I-, I do think this might be turning into a little bit of a three-team league. Uh, I think Kaiser, Ave, and St. Thomas are extremely good, and I think you can separate the three of them with the razor blade. I think Weber's knocking right on that door, but we'll have to see what they do against teams like Florida Memorial and Southeastern who are going to be very competitive and looking to get in, uh, above, above Weber on that four spot, and like Weber, crack that top three. Now, when we look at the bottom of the conference at the Coastal Georgias and the Warners, they got work to do, and you know, we'll see what they do. And who knows, a lot of times teams like that could mess around and play spoiler for you. And now getting into the power rankings, it'll kind of reflect that. You know, Kaiser, a very impressive win, looked good, but I, anyway, Ave Maria, they kind of had their bye week, and they'll be very well rested as they go into their matchups heading on. But I, I'm still going to put Ave one. I think is the best team, and you know, go beat them go beat them and then you can jump I'll keep keep Kaiser 2, keep St. Thomas 3. Now here's where it gets really interesting because you have Florida Memorial and Weber who just had tough losses and you have Southeastern with an impressive win over Florida Memorial at home and I think I'm going to have to give the nod to the fire here look I know they're obviously record wise not there, Florida Memorial uh, Weber heck even Coastal Georgia but Uh, I think that was a very impressive win, and I'm going to knock them up to that four spot, put the fire at four. And then it just kind of comes down to Florida Memorial and Weber. I've seen more from Weber, uh, and and, and I do think they are the better overall club. So I'm going to leave Weber International there in that five spot. They do drop to three, from three to five. And then after that, you have Coastal. Yeah, first. Sorry, Florida Memorial at six, Coastal seven, and then Warner at eight. Now, obviously, the big preview for this weekend. There's obviously one game highlighted, circled everything, and don't they, these power rankings mean nothing? Absolutely nothing, because what's about to happen this weekend is could either solidify that and make it look like I'm a genius for back-to-back power rankings, or make me put on the dunce hat. And Wednesday it is the Sun Conference Show. literally the four matchups that I want to see, the four matchups that I think could determine the hierarchy of the conference. Here you go, Ave Maria, Kaiser. That's the one. That's what we want to see. I really, really wish they did not play at the same time as Southeastern and Weber, so that I could watch that game while also covering the Southeastern Weber game. Look, that game determines who's number one, who's number two in the conference. And then you look down at Southeastern Weber. I think that determines who's three and who's four. And they're they're knocking at each other's door right there. It's going to be extremely extremely good. And then you look down. Okay, St. Thomas, are can, can you stay consistent? Can St. Excuse me, Lord. Can St. Thomas stay consistent? Keep rolling. Stay being the that third best team in the conference. And then who knows? If, I'll go ahead and tell you right now. Say St. Thomas takes care of business in Miami Gardens. Wins three one. To Florida Memorial and Ave Maria just goes down and wins in three or four sets against Kaiser or vice versa. St. Thomas will obviously be jumping and be at that too, and there could I could even see a world where this is a really good game with Ave and Kaiser. They battle it out and then St. Thomas just looks dominant. And I'm not going to put it out the window that at, in the next power rankings that St. Thomas is the number one team. Now I highly doubt that. I'm gonna have to see. Some sloppy volleyball from Kaiser and Ave, but I highly, highly doubt that. I do, prom- I do promise this, even though I won't be able to watch that game, I will be going back and watching so, some of it, the highlights, whatever, because i gotta, I got to find out who's the best team in the Sun Conference. It's either right this second, it's either Ave or Kaiser. I think Ave has a slight edge, but I mean that thing is as thin as a Ritz cracker after you drop it on the floor. It is slight. And then we go down and it's Warner versus Coastal. With all due respect, this is to see who is the not who's not the worst team in the conference. And we'll look ahead at Saturday's games later on. I think it's kind of the top of the conference versus the bottom, if you if if you will. Once we get into that, but we'll go we'll get more in depth on that on Friday's episode. So obviously the game in this that I want to you know be, be looking at the most it, it, it's that it's at Ave Maria and the Kaiser game. What Kaiser does so well and why they are such a good team is they can eliminate what you're best at and what Ave Maria is best at is feeding Maddie hot. The only real comparison we have between the two is Ave going on the road and beating Weber three to one after going down a set and then Kaiser sweeping them at home. I don't really know how this game will go. I think it will go five sets. Other than that, I think it's an absolute toss-up. I'm expecting this to be an absolute classic of a volleyball game. And I think this game means more for Ave than it does for Kaiser. And what I mean by that is if Ave Maria goes down to Seahawk country and leaves there with a victory, I think it solidifies them as a team who, I don't want to say can go to the NAI tournament and win it, but it's like, okay, this is what we know is a very dangerous, very well coached, this all-around solid team. I think it makes them a team who now not only has put the Sun Conference on notice and saying, hey, last year wasn't a fluke. We didn't just win this off of luck. We have a lot of experience. We have the best volleyball player in our history and Matty Hot. We – arguably have another one who's right up there in Budisay. And watch out because that could be the team. And look, Ave Maria is a team I haven't been able to just go and wahoo about a lot during the spring sports into the fall sports. Kind of the same same deal. Men's soccer is not looking great. Women's soccer, the same. Josh Josh is higher on them on football now, but you know that's obviously his thing. We'll talk more about Ave Maria football later on, but I think this volleyball team could be the thing that puts the gyrenes on the map. Okay, now moving on into men's soccer. Woof, woof, We're going to talk a lot about what happened to Warner this weekend in football, but before that game, before the 98 nothing debacle, and look, I'm going to hush my mouth here and let Josh handle that. I said it was going to be bad. I said I, Josh. Josh and I both said that game was going to be bad. But I looked over at Josh while we were sitting. We we're sitting on the couch watching uh, Sun Conference games, watching college football. We see. Sit, we sit down. I catch the last ten minutes of that Kaiser Warner game, and I remember saying, "Hey man, it, this is bad." But hey, it, 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 we were talking about the what would was going to happen a night with St. Uh, who did they play? SF Austin. Uh, and I said, hey, you know, as bad as that game's going to get, at least it won't be You're losing 9 nothing to Kaiser. Woof, boy, was I wrong there. But, hey, that doesn't excuse anything for what happened to Warner men's soccer. Look, I was waiting for Kaiser to have their breakout party, and boy, did they ever against the Royals. Look, Kaiser's legit. I and mean, when they did this last year, they were off to a sluggish start at the beginning of – excuse me, before conference play, at the beginning of the season, then conference play – Happens and poof, they just pimp slap the Royals. Lord, that was that was a rough one. I went back and watched some of it. Look, I don't know what what Warner is going to do, and it's in, in the same boats. Kind of Ave Maria, you know. Ave was a very hot team at the beginning of the year. They got off to a four 0 start, and you know ever since then they're they're oh and three, and they face a Florida Memorial team at home. And all due respect to the Lions, but if you're Ave Maria and you're wanting to do anything this year I'm in men's soccer, which seems like y'all can, you can't do what y'all did. Y'all got absolutely shut down from the beginning. There was no pressure apply, applied to goal in the second half. Y'all, it pretty much what Florida Memorial did, they came in, they knew they were probably not the better team. So they sit back and they weather the storm. They They get four shots on goal, but then after that, after halftime, It's like Ave Maria's complete game plan just folded. Look, they even in the first half, Ave Maria was giving up shots. Their keeper just does a tremendous job. But then in the second half, it's like, we're going to let them do whatever they want. We'll keep up for 15, 20 minutes. And then it was all Florida Memorial from there. And they go on and whoop them. (laughs) Three nothing. You know, Ave Maria doesn't really make many, many runs. When they do, they get a couple offsides. Shout out to the keep for Ave getting... 11 saves, but uh, I mean, just kind of a disappointing, you know, I was very high on Ave. I, mean, I wanted them to be a dark horse team. A lot like, like I said earlier with volleyball, I'm really happy that I'm able to talk Ave Maria on here, but now th- th- this happens, and I think they're, they're a great social media team as well, their men's soccer team. Now, it, them being a great social media team, I watch them go out and beat like Southeastern and Weber, and then I'm a like an absolute idiot, but I, honestly, I just don't see that happening. Ave is going to be towards the bottom of the Sun Conference power, or excuse me, SunCast power rankings. But a team who might be at the bottom, but did impress me a lot, were the SCAD bees. SCAD got off to an early one nothing start off of a howler from Fabrizio, the keeper for Weber. But boy, did he turn up in such a big way and kept Weber in that game. Weber wins that game 2-1, but it was thanks. Thanks to about two or three absolutely massive saves from Fabrizio, who is looking like he might be the best keeper in the conference right now. Now, he's got to clean up little errors like he had, just one go right off right off the mitts. And I made a little joke to Josh. I was like, man, I'm about to come back out of retirement. But then he made some saves that even Prime Reagan ain't making. But I was tremendous. But th- th- that was a test Weber needed, though. They needed a game where they fell behind early, because I don't know if they've trailed all year. In fact, I don't think they have in their first five games. When they go 5-0, and now they're 6-0 and against, and they win their first conference game against Scab. it was really impressive. You know, Lewis Gamble got that first goal, but then Joseph O'Sullivan with a beautiful turn and a rifle into the bottom corner. And then Bonifay put it away for the Warriors. And guess what? We're going to have the team captain, Alon for the Warriors. He's gonna be on the next episode of Suncast. Really excited to have him on. But I mean this Weber team is good. And you know they're 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 scratching right on that door right behind St. Thomas and Kaiser. And I I think the the anti Sun conference bias might come in a little bit when it comes to power rankings here shortly. Or not power rankings, but NAI coaches poll rankings for whatever for whatever reason Sun Conference teams just get criminally underranked. And if you don't think Josh isn't going to go nuclear talking about, and that you know I'm gonna go off about of, it. I don't care. Look, and this is going off on of a complete tangent because now, now I got myself hot thinking about rankings and stuff. Look, Kaiser was the 14th team in the nation, or 16th, 14th, 16th, something like that. And they go and beat the heck out of a good. A good Florida Memorial football team. We figure that out. They're good. Flomo's a good football team. And Kaiser, after off to a slow start, a slow start, I say in quotation, quotation marks, because it's three losses against three really good Division Two slash Division One football programs. They win, and they drop 11 spots. Did they get the scoreboard mix up? Is this on presto stats or something? Did, I mean, did the rest of the coaches not watch the game? It was never close. It was never close, and Kaiser drops 11 spots. But Josh will get into that. It's ridiculous, and don't get don't don't worry. I got the women's soccer, but them bullets have already flown off, and I'm, whoo whew, whew. All right, I'm okay. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Okay. So men's soccer, we're gonna find out a lot more about everybody else heading into midweek. Uh, one, one last tab note. Uh, Southeastern destroys Trinity, Trinity College, not nothing at home. And kind of whatever it happened, they won. Uh, and then St. Thomas plays in the first Sun Conference game post Hurricane Ian against Florida National, and they draw 0-0. And I'm gonna kind of chalk that one up as just St. Thomas is going always gonna have great defense. They're always go- going to be able to shut a team down, which they continue to do. Still, I'm not allowed to go. But the offense, you know, when you go a week without being able to practice, that tends to happen. So, and FNU's not not a bad team, and nobody's perfect. As perfect as Saint Thomas looks, nobody's perfect. So we'll find out a lot coming up in midweek. Though we have two pretty interesting games midweek. Um, excuse me, one interesting game, and then two where uh, can you take care of your business? Can you get? Can you handle your lunch with Kaiser taking on Florida Memorial? Look, Flomo's hot coming off that win, but I think they'll get served a little bit of humble pie as they take on the extremely good Seahawks. And then, same deal, Ave Ave Maria, listen to me. This is y'all's last chance for me to want to stick with y'all. I want to. I've tried to do it, but y'all lose this fourth one in a row. And look, y'all can lose this game to St. Thomas. I don't care. Be competitive, be able to keep this within two or three goals. Please, that's all I'm asking. But the game of the midweek is obviously Weber International taking on Thomas University. I think it's going to be a really good game. I and mean, this is going to be another tough road test for Weber. They have to go on the road for back-to-back games. Uh, wasn't really supposed to be like that, but yet everybody obviously knows the circumstances. And they put, they take on a St. Thomas team, or excuse me, a Thomas University team, who's really interesting because... They, it's a good marking point. See where Weber's at. Because you look at Thomas's schedule, they lose a very close game to a top 20 team in Florida National. And then they lose 1-0 to arguably the best team in the country in Mobile. And they keep it very competitive with St. Thomas, which is what I want Ave Maria to do this weekend, or excuse me, this week on Wednesday. We'll see what happens. So Weber's 6-0, and this is the best team they've played. Thomas is the best team they play, So I need to see what Weber can do against these guys. Because if they can go up there and win a close – it's going to be a close game, man. It's, it, it, they're going to need Fabrizio to be good between the sticks, and Adlon's going to need to do his thing. I think they will. I, I don't, I'm not really doubting that too much. I think Weber will take care of business against the Nighthawks. But if they go up there and they lose this game, it's going to be like, oh, okay, so the Sun, the Sun Conference is Kaiser, St. Thomas, and then maybe Southeastern and not Weber. But we'll have to see. It's gonna be a really good one. We'll have on. I'll have on Alan. It'll be a little bit of a time traveling deal. Alan will be. Actually, I tell you that back. We rescheduled. Alan will be. I'll be interviewing him Thursday for Friday's episode. Yeah, we're good. I was about to say we were gonna get Alan on before that game, and the interview would come out after the game. But we rescheduled for that very reason because that could. Uh, ugh, yeah, that, that that can get that can get a little messy. We'll talk about the later the Saturday games later on. Um, obviously, the big one. Uh, This coming up weekend will be Southeastern and St. Thomas in Miami Gardens, but we'll get into all that later this week, probably on a Friday's episode for the preview there. And so we go into the the power rankings for men's soccer. Nothing really changes. I have a change at the five spot. St. Thomas is one, Kaiser's two, Weber's three, Southeastern's four. There could be some shakeup there coming midweek, but the new five team is SCAD. You know, SCAD really impressed me. They they're off to a bad start, but they look really good against Weber. If it weren't for Fabrizio making some darn good saves, they could have been and a lot of trouble there. But, uh, you know, I, I still think, when, when, we're, when we're looking at men's soccer in the Sun Conference, I think it, it's still classified this way. You got St. Thomas and Kaiser. There's a, there's a national title contenders. Then you have... Weber and Southeastern and I think they're teams who can make noise in the conference tournament I don't know about on a national level and then with all due respect you kind of have everybody else now I saved the best for last in my opinion because y'all know what I love it is women's soccer in the Sun Conference Jesus Christ this is an elite conference look I I know ball I know baseball really well I said it Last semester, I said it in the spring, this is a special conference in baseball. I had no idea that baseball was the second best sport in the Sun Conference. Boy, am I figuring it out. Boy, am I finding out in a hurry this conference is some kind of elite. I believe by the end of the year, five, five, count them, five, and the only reason it's not six is because there'll be self cannibalism. Is what's going to happen. Five Sunday Conference teams will finish in the top twenty-five. Now, two things can stop this, and I said it just—I briefly just said it. Self cannibalism is going, going to kill one team, and unfortunately, I think it might be Weber. I think it might be Weber, but we'll get into that later. The other one is the uh, whatever the anti-Sun Conference bias is. Whatever they—they they hate us because they hate us. They hate us. Because we have beautiful weather for 365 days a year, or well, 360 days a year, then the other five are spent probably th- wondering if we're going to die from a hurricane, but whatever. All right, I'm going to make this a little bit brief because I, my, my voice is officially done here. Um, not a whole lot to really talk about, uh, that, that what's happened recently. Uh, the, the the two main storylines that came out before, uh, between then and the last podcast. Look, Weber, I'm starting to watch Weber a lot more and a lot closely, especially now that I'm the, the broadcaster and I've been able to get out to a couple games. They're 6-0, and there's something to be said about it. They're 6-0, and they find ways to win. But they're finding ways to win against teams like, Kaiser, Thomas, St. Thomas, and SCAD are, they're not finding ways to win. They're just going out and saying, hey, we're going to beat y'all. And it's a little concerning. And look, I think Weber is an extremely good women's soccer team. I really do. I think they have a lot of talent. I think they're well coached. But dude, this conference is insane. It is insane. And you know, look at St. Thomas. They just beat Florida Memorial 12-0. Not a whole lot to talk about because, unfortunately, you know, Flomo women's soccer, it's just it, – again, it's, I don't want to say it's in the same boat as well because I think Weber is a much better women's soccer team. But phew, it ain't easy for for a young young program like Flomo to have to go up and play St. Thomas and be like, all right, that's probably the fourth best team y'all are going to play. Uh, so just a full-on preview for this week. Huge test coming up uh, uh, today when this episode drops for Southeastern against Georgia Gwinnett. And I would love to make it to that game, but, you know, football has been in the way. Also, Hurricane Ian, hey, screw, screw you, man. You know, I don't get to be able to go. Josh and I, we don't be able to get and go out a lot to, to games. And we, I was so hyped to go to that Skats-Kaiser game. And you just, you just gave me the biggest double bird. You said, hey, I'm going to come in just at the right time for that. Now, I mean, I'm always making jokes. A lot worse things happen than me being able to go. But that, I, I was a little blowed. I, I was a little ticked off about that. Uh, in the midweek games, I think it is kind of a top half versus bottom half of the conference. Kaiser takes on Warner. Pray for Warner. God, pray for Warner. They are struggle-busting right now. I mean, they're, they're just... It, the Royals are just like the, the Warner is kind of like that old Duke. How Duke used to be, old Kentucky used to be. It's like way for basketball season. It's wait for men's basketball season. And honestly, that's that's what Warner's doing right now. With all due respect, uh, Scad takes on Thomas. I think it will be that'll be a good battle. Look, Thomas was a team I talked about a lot on the previous episode. They felt very disrespected. Not receiving any top twenty-five votes, and they go out there and just suffocate. Suffocate the Grizzlies of Georgia, Gwinnett. That was awesome. Good job, gr- girls. Love that. Just always, just, you know, new era. I'm, we're, we're pro Sun Conference and all that, but gosh, it feels good when a Sun Conference team beats Gwinnett for whatever reason. It it just feels good. It does. It feels good. Feels good. <coughs> all right. Um, Southeastern plays Florida Memorial, Flomo. Good luck. Southeastern is an absolute wagon. Top five team in the country. Argue with your mama or a wall. You ain't going to argue with me about it uh, because you'll lose. Uh, The best game midweek is Weber versus Ave. And this is going to be an interesting one because if Ave Ave wins this one, it's like, oh, hey, watch out for Ave. And then if Weber – I don't want to say this is a must win for Weber, but it's a must win for Weber. For doing what they want to do, which is compete in the Sun Conference, you got to beat a team like Ave Maria. You have to beat them. Because if you want to if you want to beat Scad, if you want to beat Kaiser, if you want to beat Southeastern, you gotta be Anave Maria. Also, just a quick quick side note: Sydney Chura, um, she, she is out for the year for Scad with a broken collarbone, and that and that's truly heartbreaking. I mean, what just from what I've heard about, about Sydney, and I talk. With Coach Matt over at Weber about her, even he was like, You're you, she's she's one I needed to get on the podcast and reached out to her. And we, we were working things out, but then ended up she, she broke her collarbone in the third minute, uh, last week and not last week, but the week before his game. Um, y- y- you hate to see it because that is a potential conference, I mean, pff, national championship, uh, changing player. I mean, Sydney. Is young, she's a sophomore, but she's already proven to be uh, one of the top attackers, ten goals uh, in ten games before she got hurt. And it sucks that she's out, but I think this is a good opportunity for SCAD to really see what they're made out of. Because if they go on a run this year, if SCAD goes on a run this year, you know they, they obviously have a very good team, they're good defensively, and they're going to score goals. And I think they're the team that matches up best to go and beat Kaiser, Oh, gosh, again, I really wish I got to see that game live. I don't know when it's rescheduled for, but I'm going to do everything I can to try to make it out there. But it, as I was saying, if SCAD's able to do something this year, and I, I don't want to say the odds of them winning the national championship have, have lowered, but, I mean, you, you lose arguably your best player, you lose your best player, and it's going to hurt your odds. But say they go on a run, finish win the conference, finish second in conference, make the tournament, and go on a little run. Then return a lot, or a lot of players, including Sydney. Woo! Watch out for 2023 and um, look. I, we 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 don't know what the complete future is of Suncast. We do know for a fact I'll be back for 2023 uh, fall sports season, uh, and then 2024 20, spring sports, um, and and then real world's going to hit. But that, that, that's a long way. A long way. I don't want to get all sentimental and all that. Now we got a long way. Um, before we get that, uh, okay, let's do. Let's go ahead and knock out the Sun Conference power rankings. Everything's gonna stay pretty much the same at the top, just because not a whole lot has changed. Uh, we do. Have, we do have one change. One small change. One, two, three stays the same with Kaiser, SCAD, and Southeastern. I'm dropping Weber out of that four spot just because in the games we've seen recently, Weber needed a corner kick goal to find the net to beat Florida College, and uh, I think everybody could have played with their non-dominant foot for for, uh, St. Thomas against Florida Memorial, and they still would have won that game handily. So St. Thomas moves into that four spot, and... A small part of me wants to move Weber out of that five spot, not have them five and put Thomas at five and a lot of things point to that honestly and then it might honestly be it really might be the right thing to do. I'm not going to do it, but it, it I'll say this the difference between that five spot for Weber and six spot for Thomas is the closest there is in any of my power rankings, including that one two spot up there for. Volleyball with Ave Maria and Kaiser. And that 3-4 three three, spot in men's soccer for Weber and Southeastern. So, that's what i got to say. And uh, I think I've done this in a little bit. So, I just want, want, want to tell you all just um, how, how much I appreciate you all. Y'all, y'all are a great, great group of listeners. Uh, the Sunnies. I'm, the Sunnies, Suncast, If you listen to Suncast, you're a Sunny. Y'all are good Sunnies. Love y'all. Uh, really appreciate the support and everything and again I, I, I hate we didn't post anything during the hurricane or anything like that but uh, it, it was just more of a hey Josh let, let's take just a little bit of break let's uh let's touch grass for a little bit let's touch grass let's let's put our phones down let's let's just enjoy life as it is we don't need to be on our phones 24 7 the way Josh and I were. Like, we were looking at our screen times and it's like 9 10 hours and it's like oh my gosh dude let's Let's just make a point of relaxing and whatnot and use this kind of Hurricane Ian deal as almost like an all-star break because now it is. It's guns a-blazing. Look, everything's rolling. Look, men's soccer, we're in conference. Women's soccer, we're in conference. Volleyball, we've started conference. Football, which we are talking about very shortly, and I'm sure this is what a lot of St. Thomas people, we just found out probably one of, some of our main listeners are uh, out of Miami Gardens. uh I'm sure y'all remember uh, on the last episode, Josh had a little prediction that did not exactly go over too well with Bobcat Nation, and they used that as a lot of motivation. So, without further ado, I'm going to switch it over to Josh and myself to talk some Sun Conference football, that St. That Thomas beatdown of Southeastern preview, a little bit of a preview for this this week, and of course, a lot of people, a huge audience that we've gained, college football. So, all right here we go all right josh how's it going man oh so, this is gonna be kind of a weird episode just because it's like mostly my voice because when you go back and you listen to this you're gonna hear me talk about the volleyball and soccer and all that like i did for the first 35 minutes of the pod and dude i sounded awful last night like food poisoning sucks and it's like a little of a time jump to so you know like what I gave reported, you this
1: food poisoning
0: so i'm gonna sound like an idiot it was sushi that I had for like a good day and a half in the fridge, and I was like, "Ah, it'll be all right." Uh, it was not all right. There was nothing all right about that. <laughs> it, it was god hot, dude. It, it tasted bad. No, it tasted fine, but like, and I assume it could have been it could have been some bar food I ate or something like that from because I was up at the bar for the second half of the Georgia game. Oh god. Maybe the slaw burger. No, it was actually... I, they were out. They uh, they didn't have any slaw, actually. I had some mozzarella sticks up there. Mm-hmm. It also could have been some cold pe- some cold, uh, pasta. I there, there's no telling. I don't want to pinpoint on just one exact thing, but it sucked. You but. need to
1: clean up the diet.
0: I do. So, actually, I, I am cleaning up the diet. And it's something I was talking about um, with, with somebody today. I was like, I, I'm starting meal prepping. Like, starting tonight, I'm going to make me, like, uh, rice, chicken and rice uh, for, like, lunch and then kind of hamburger meat. So I might cut up a strip steak and a bell pepper, something like clean eating. need it. Yeah, I need you it. you feel a lot better. I know, know. i feel, yeah, I feel a lot better. And you save a lot of
1: time doing it, too.
0: That's very true. It's very true. All right, so obviously there's not a ton of Sun Conference football to talk about. There's really just been three games uh, of recently. You had the Kaiser-Flomo game. You had the, uh, the big one, which was St. Thomas and Southeastern. It feels like, what, it feels like a month since that game happened, but – You know Hurricane Ian and all that, and then, woof, woof. You you want to get started with that one because you know we'll get started with that. All right, let's get started with what happened before that week.
1: Before that weekend, I had some hopes that Warner would you know maybe try and stay in the game for at least a little bit. You know, we watched five minutes of that game. Five minutes of that game. that was enough. (laughs) And once once it started, I want to say Stephen F. Austin scored a touchdown. Like within three or four plays on almost every drive, like it was like there was no, it seemed like Warner put up no challenge, there was no fight, they were just completely outmatched, and it just, everything was too much. And I think going forward, before Warner gets back on his feet, I don't think they should schedule games like this. They're not a Kaiser, they're not a St. Thomas, they're not a Southeastern. So I don't know if they should be going to play these top-tier Division One and Division Two teams, because I don't think their program is ready for that. And no. to save embarrassment, like I'm not saying it's bad because, you know, it is a really. They were definitely outmatched, but I mean that that's an embarrass 98 to zero. Yeah. 98 to zero. I mean, really, like, I mean, come on.
0: Uh, NAIA football, um, shout out Coach Cooper and all them. They do a great job covering all NAIA football. They they brought up a really good point. Your team shouldn't be playing a team like this. One, the travel accommodations, which what I heard the traveling there was awful, just talking to some people at Warner. I mean, just bussing it for two straight days, then getting there on Saturday, playing, and then immediately bussing it straight back. Without doing anything. Oh, uh, just just real quick, Donnie Smith, just just SID at Southeastern. Uh, he's going to be at the volleyball game tomorrow. Just as quick, also note. But anyways, um, it, that's one thing. It, it needs to be properly accommodated. You don't need to be traveling from Lake Wells to the middle of Texas on a bus. You, you,
1: yeah, yeah, That that quick for a football a night game, of, especially. A night of legit sleep. Yeah. A me a good quality meal. I mean, you're you're playing. You're playing a team that is
0: completely out of your A legit of, division
1: one. And like the, and
0: that's the second part. There's a difference if let's put this an example. I don't think I think I don't really know, but I think Butler is probably somewhere similar to Stephen F. Austin, not that big of a gap. Saint Thomas goes, they fly there, and they make it's a competitive football game with Butler. Steven at Austin, that was not the case. I mean, Warner is just one not quite ready for – obviously not quite ready to play that level of competition. I
1: think you could say besides the top three teams in in the Sloan Conference, I don't think any of those teams are quite yet ready to play that kind of competition, in my opinion.
0: And that's Kaiser, Southeastern, and St. Thomas. Yes, I believe
1: those three teams have made it known year in, year out, that they can compete very highly in this conference. And like we've said many of times, the high-level NAIA teams, Mm -hmm. I believe, can play – some low-level Division One and some Division Two football. I think that's competitive, as we've already seen. Right. And you haven't seen embarrassing games except for, the, I mean, this one. I mean, I think Stephen F. Austin kind of pushed the envelope a little bit too much. But at some point, they, maybe they couldn't even like, help I, I don't. I, I mean, I mean it, when you're running the ball and like they're yeah. just gashing, what are you going to supposed to do? Fall. I feel like that's more embarrassing. Yeah, it's like it's one of those things where yeah, they're teaching exactly. Them. It wasn't all like right.
0: they were just throwing the ball. It wasn't like they were throwing guard. It was just hand. They had a defensive back playing quarterback, and they were still. Just moving the ball. I mean, it's yeah. not their fault. And what are they supposed to do on defense? Just let them go and score? No. no like it, no. It, It's tough. And it's honestly, it's a bad look for us. It's a bad look for the conference. And I don't know what Warner was compensated, but there's no way. I'm sure that their players are extremely hurt physically and mentally.
1: Oh, 100%. Have you ever lost a game 98 to 0? No. Not Have you ever even clubs. lost a game like. I, Seventy to zero.
0: Seventy to zero, but that was an interconference game in Division Two. When I mean, yeah, we were obviously a lot outmatched at Lincoln, but still, it's like that's a conference game. I think we lost it like seven. I can personally say,
1: I can personally say that I've never lost a game with because like you can you can put you can scale ninety nothing to baseball, and that's like thirty to nothing in baseball. Ninety yeah, yeah. to nothing in football is like thirty to nothing in baseball. and I've never. Came close to 30 to nothing in baseball. And I just feel like that's just extremely humiliating. Like, I don't even know. Like, whenever they show up this week, oh, I'm sorry, their game is canceled this week, but their next game, they've had two full weeks off. So hopefully they'll get it out of their system by then. But I don't know. I feel like that's something that the players are, are giving me
0: back of their mind. Yeah, I mean, straight up, we were supposed to be their next game. And I was like, I don't want this Hurricane to cancel this game. I want to play them fresh as, off a 98 to nothing. Yeah, game. so it's and like, two. one, they're physically done. They've they yeah. got to be, one, from just a trip, two, from playing that level of competition. But the mental aspect of it, now, obviously, we have to be sharp because now if we lose that, game, that no, game... you guys look really bad. Exactly. But, I mean, when you have ESPN, Unnecessary Roughness, CBS, all these major media outlets posting about the game... Uh, it's embarrassing. It's frankly embarrassing, but we'll move on from that. You know, Warner. There, we know this isn't their year Struggle. as it is. They're pretty just, much a brand new
1: program, new field, new coach, et cetera. We'll, we'll give the Royals a little bit of a pass, considering everything that they're going through. You know, with all the new the new pieces. Okay. Well, but, speaking of
0: embarrassing. <laughs>
1: yeah. Speaking of embarrassing, <laughs> I came out guns a blazing a couple weeks ago, and I said that the Southeastern Fire's offense. Would be too much for the Bobcats to handle, and I'm—I I made a video on the Instagram whenever this happened, and I ate crow, and I admitted it, and I shouted out the Bobcats, and i, I got some some lash some some lashback or whatever. But it's i it's all friendly. Yeah, no, no, no nothing, nothing personal. I mean, this is just. a sports media it's, game, man. Yeah. And you make sex so, and stuff happens. You have to just eat it. So I mean, and I was completely, completely wrong. I mean, Tavius Farmer. I mean, what a game. First quarter, 71-yard touchdown run. Finished the game with 144 rushing yards. I mean, the Bobcats were up 24 to nothing at halftime. I mean.
0: Best running back in the country.
1: What What else? I mean, what else can you ask for? I mean, 144 yards and three touchdowns. And if I'm not mistaken, Reagan and, and Tay Farmer had a conversation before this game, and he, he called his shot, 150 and two touchdowns, and he yeah, did I mean, just it's, that. It's 21 carries, 144 done. yards and three touchdowns, averaging seven yards a carry with a 71-yard run for his long. Um, I mean, Tyler Thomas didn't look didn't look too bad either. I mean, 16 of 30, 185 yards, a touchdown, and a pick. I mean, not his best game, but, I mean, when you have a running game going like that, you don't necessarily need it
0: per well, se. So. And we knew coming in that Southeastern, that their defensive backfield is just not going to let you throw the ball on them. Uh, I don't care who, who you have a quarterback. They're, they're extremely good. They're extremely talented. And – St. Thomas said, "Okay, we're just gonna run it for 200 plus yards on you." And that's exactly what they did. So you know, shout out to the Bobcats, and and the defense. And I talked with some of my guys at Weber defense. They they St. Thomas's defense kind of laid a blueprint for how you contain and beat Kalen Wiggins. You go four down lineman with the spot, You don't let him get outside and make plays. You make him. He's very, very similar hard. to Anthony Richardson. Keep him in the pocket, put a spy on him, and make him beat you with, with his arm. Now, don't get me wrong. kalen has got a very talented arm. But if he has to sit back there with like a pocket passer, that's, not, that, his that's not his game. bread b bread butter. And I think So I hope that, the
1: you know, teams playing the fire coming up realize that. And if they don't, that's just to the shoot themselves in the foot.
0: Yeah. I really hope we do. Because we are we're next up. We're next up for the fire. They're looking for a big thing. I mean, that, that's the only way. Yeah. If you
1: saw exactly what Kentucky did, Anthony Richardson didn't run the ball for anything and he had to throw the ball and he threw three interceptions. Right. He, they changed the way he plays and that changed the outcome of that game. You know what I mean? So absolutely. But you know, moving on. Last week, Kaiser got back on track with a huge win against Flomo,
0: forty-eight to seven. I mean, that's exactly what they needed. Shout out, shout out, uh, Marquise Burgess, four thousand yard rusher for Kaiser. Um, I good. was just about to get he, there. Good. I mean, he's Mr. Seahawk, man. He's been there forever. He's got four thousand yards, which is an incredible milestone at any level of football. And the fact he did it for Kaiser, he's been there for a long time. Sh- shout out, man. Good I mean, job.
1: what a game, Shea Spencer. 13 of 17, 206, and three touchdowns, and you got Miles finishing three catches, 122 yards, and two touchdowns, and God, our great girl. friend Jalen yeah, Arnold, five for 52 in a touchdown. I mean, what a game! Little Bucky, old Bucky, not bad. Yeah, what a game. So that's exactly what they needed. You know, to, heading into Sun Conference play, get them right back on track. A little bit, you know, disturbed by their their recent ranking.
0: Well, it turns out that ranking is uh, I, I get them all mixed up. This is on me for tell, telling you this, and I'll explain it now. That ranking that I told, I was looking at, and it's a little bit with their social media posts too, it was a little confusing as well. So the NAIA football ranking had them ranked um, at 16, not... The NAIA poll. Correct. The NAIA poll had them at receiving votes okay. and put them at 25. So, so, it, for, so that was a little miscommunication because okay. it, it's weird. Like, coaches
1: poll versus AP poll. Gotcha. Okay. So so take that take that comment away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but looking forward to the... Actually, no, we're going to save that for next next episode, right? Yes. And you want, go,
0: you want to go ahead and talk a little bit more about the more set schedule we're going to try doing with episodes going forward, just because now we have started to figure out our own yeah. schedules. Yeah. And, I mean, look, most, when, pe- most people listening, they know that we are student athletes, and they know the, I and mean, they are student athletes, so they know the struggle. But now that we've kind of gotten our routine, we figured out everything, what we're going to try to do is record on Sunday night, preview the week. Exactly. Preview the midweek because and go over the past weekend. Exactly, and that's going to be a lot of Wednesday and Sunday are going
1: to be the same kind of episodes, but it's going to be it's going to be previewing what's about to happen, but also talking about what happened Monday, Tuesday, and other sports. And because also a
0: big part of this is the Sun Conference schedule is now everybody's in conference, and now it is more set where okay, we have volleyball and soccer going on midweek as well as weekend, and then we have football on the weekend. So on that Sunday episode. We, it can be you, jam-packed Wednesday, Exactly. a little bit more. Exactly. And we'll, we'll record on Sunday and then probably Wednesday nights or Wednesday or Thursday and then post it on Thursday. It's kind of how we're doing now. So anticipate
1: the, the Sunday episodes to be a little bit longer than the Wednesday episodes. And the Wednesday
0: episodes are when we're going to try to get athletes on as well. Yes, it's going to be to add some more time. I do have a really good interview for uh, Wednesday's um, Alan Friedman uh He's just just coming off not this past week but the week before Weber International uh, striker for us, and he just got uh, NAIA Offensive Player of the Week. Perfect. So he, he's doing awesome. Because we've been
1: sticking on. with football, so we need to right. really get on. We need to get some other sports on here. Yeah, and, and I talked about, perspective and stuff. talked about
0: talked about earlier too uh, earlier in the episode when I, it was just me, dude. It, it really sucks, signature of being out. Because she, she was going talking about coming on as well. I mean, I don't see America. a problem with it. Well, it's just just like she's now one of. the – what the focus she's been a really good teammate she's want the focus even more on her that's
1: fine but we yeah. real recognize real that's true. Well, she's, she's well, more than welcome to come on absolutely no, I think we should still right. get her on there for her unbelievable season that yeah. unfortunately got cut short but. 10
0: games 10 goals I mean I'll on pace to shadow. Yeah, we're, we're
1: definitely we're definitely gonna have her on. All right. Okay.
0: Good deal. We'll, we'll, we'll get that. All right. So we're gonna get, get into the preview later on. So let's get into our favorite part. Boom, 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 boom. Don't get me wrong. We love the Sun Conference, but there's nothing, nothing gets our blood pumping like college football, and nothing got my blood pumping. Let me get like, going. Okay. Okay. You I'm going cook? to start.
1: Yeah. I'm okay. gonna cook. All right, cook. I mean, I don't think anybody saw this coming. Oklahoma getting absolutely destroyed by TCU.
0: That brought a lot of Granite,
1: Granted, Dylan Gabriel did get knocked out of the game early. It did not matter, though. It was what, 31-10? Uh, Still. It, it was over. I've seen Oklahoma come back from large deficits before, but that defense looked like Warner's defense. I apologize. That's a, it's a bad analogy,
0: and it's, yeah, it's kind of an embarrassing analogy, but it's true. They, uh, during that game, yeah. TCU could not be stopped. TCU could have had eight or 900 yards. I think they finished just shot 700, but, I mean, it was, wow. I mean, Lincoln Riley leaving and Brett Venables coming in was supposed to fix that Oklahoma defense. Did that defense look fixed to you? Uh-uh. No.
1: He's a defensive guy. I'm really concerned why their defense isn't very good.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it shocked. Clemson's
1: defense has been good for a decade now, and that defense looked, like, awful.
0: Yeah, and I get they don't. I guess they don't have the guys, his guys, in there.
1: It doesn't matter. But concepts are concepts. Those guys are athletes. Those guys yeah. put on the pads the same way. Granted, those guys may not tackle as good. They might be not, might not be as strong. They might not be the better defensive players in the recruiting in the recruiting show. But I mean, a, a defensive scheme's a defensive scheme. And, and I think I think is... I don't think Oklahoma's athletes are that far off than some of the athletes Clemson had. No. I mean, of course, Clemson has those few five star guys that are just a whole lot better than everybody else. But I mean. That scheme just didn't – it was someone working. They ran the ball, they threw the ball, it didn't matter.
0: Right. It didn't really matter. Uh, so, speaking of Clemson, do you think there's a team that has a better path to the college football playoff no. right now than the Clemson Tigers? No. I mean, they, they have gotten through their they, – they did what they needed to do. They went on the road. They beat Wake Forest. They beat NC State at home. And you look at the rest of their schedule, they got a Florida State team who maybe could, probably not. A Miami team who is woof. And then whoever, I mean, it's going to be an absolute slaughter, whoever they end up playing in the ACC championship game. Who looking at it now, it very well could be Duke. Look, look, the ACC uh, Coastal, it, look, the Big Ten West is bad. The ACC Coastal has got Virginia, ugh, Virginia Tech, ugh, North Carolina, Duke, Miami. And Pitt. And Pitt. And Pitt just lost to Georgia Tech. That's bad. So, at home. Now I it was a sloppy game. But so
1: the ACC Atlantic is looking very similar to the SEC West at the moment.
0: Yeah, I, I, I think the ACC. Or the, 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 the past
1: SEC West. I wouldn't say the SEC West is at its top of its game like it's
0: been in the past. But, yeah. but yeah, I mean, yeah, it's definitely a lot better. I mean,
1: Oklahoma State doesn't have necessarily the uh, – because Kansas has my respect in a way. TCU in a way. These teams are, like, just showing up for the first time, being relevant for the first time. In this, in this era of college football. So it's kind of hard. I mean, Oklahoma State was literally half of an inch from the playoff last year, and Kansas hasn't won over three games in like five years. And TCU hasn't been relevant since that one quarterback they had. I, I forgot his name, but he, he was Andy good. Dillon. Okay, it was Andy Dalton. back then, I mean, they haven't really been good since then. Right. So I mean, yeah, they're ranked. Yeah, they're undefeated. Yeah, they've played good. They beat Oklahoma, but who's Oklahoma? Oklahoma doesn't look like anybody. No. So I mean, if you look at Oklahoma, they got Texas Tech, very yeah. average. TCU is looking okay, but Texas very average. Kansas State—I mean, I guess you could say some of these teams like Kansas State the same way. Since Klein, I mean, a lot of these teams are just now showing up, so it's hard to give them respect. But until like you see some of these teams like TCU go six, seven, and zero, Kansas six, seven, and zero, Kansas State eight and one, or like I mean, but look, I mean Iowa State's very meh, Oklahoma meh, West Virginia meh.
0: Yeah, but the, the, There's a lot of meh there. I get what you're saying, and I somewhat agree with you. I think Oklahoma State. I think that's an easier path than
1: anyone in the SEC. Am I?
0: Oh, without a doubt, without a doubt. But when you compare it to the path Clemson has to go. Oh,
1: Clemson, by far. I'm just saying for, like, the next up.
0: Okay, the next up. With a reasonable, like,
1: okay, I can really put money on this, them winning out. And going yeah, to the playoffs.
0: But Oklahoma State, gee, I mean, it just always feels like there's going to be somewhere where Oklahoma State and Mike Gundy are just going to slip up. I mean. Besides that 44 bomb, Central Michigan put up, they've played some fairly okay defense.
1: Baylor's not a bad offensive team. Gave up 25, but they no, beat Bay- Baylor's 63 a good to 7, game. did what they're supposed to do, and beat the. I mean, they beat Arizona State 34 17. Arizona State's not very good. They took Florida's quarterback, Emory Jones, and he's looked everything but good. So. I mean, but like I said, I, I really see Oklahoma, Oklahoma State and Wake Forest are my two teams that are like...,
0: uh, close. I, I mean, it would be very interesting if we're sitting here at the end of the year and we have an 11 and one Wake Forest, whose only loss was in double overtime to a potentially 13 and 0 Clemson, and then an 11 and one. Oklahoma State, who slips up somewhere along their schedule, but they might be or a to one They're twelve and one. Me, a twelve and one win the conference, and unfortunately, they're going to take
1: tough. Oklahoma State because they have the conference championship, which stinks. But I mean, it is what it is.
0: Well, I mean, there's so many scenarios, I and mean, we haven't even gotten to the first college football playoff ranking yet. That's coming soon, though. A
1: couple weeks. Uh, I think it's yeah, after, it's after week, the week g- seven. after eight. eight games, I think. Yes. Yeah, so, so, yeah, Most teams will have one. eight games. Yeah, but I mean, speaking of college football playoff, and someone who's always relevant. I mean, what's – does Bama slip up without Young?
0: Well, I don't I mean, Milrow, so. looked, Milrow looked good. Good. He looked okay at the end. He made a couple of good plays. It doesn't look like it's that bad of an injury. It looks like Bryce Young will he be He might bad.
1: be out this week against A&M, but that's it.
0: Yeah, and I got news for you. Alabama's about to slaughter a and It's going to be bad.
1: I mean, I think A&M's one against Arkansas was, like, cool, but, like, if you really look at it, the, the scoobin' score is them.
0: though. Yeah, I mean... It, safe. Yeah, yeah, they beat Miami, but...
1: A touchdown, three field goals, and a, a scoobin' score. I yeah. mean, that's not dominance. Arkansas is one of those SEC teams... I feel like they're one of those SEC teams that's going to win eight games. Yeah, exactly. Or, eight go four, or like They'll a belt bowl or something. It's yeah. like, oh, yeah, it was an, it was an okay Don't. season, but they're never going to get past that because yeah. they can't win the recruiting in the
0: SEC. You're not like... I don't think you're like in. College. Are you in like college football Twitter and, and yeah. do all that? You are. Do you like keep up with Arkansas fans? They're they're bad, dude. They are the big. Well, they're dumb. First, they're just flat. They're they're not very. Quite frankly,
1: what I've come to the realization more and more that I'm getting older and starting to realize that the Florida Gators haven't hung the moon, which I used to think like four or five years ago in high school. Like I was naive and I, you know I was when I was a little kid back then. Right. I didn't really understand what was going on. But now when you start watching football and understanding football and having weekly conversations about it with multiple different people that know what they're talking about, are, I mean, that's how I know football fans are dumb. They're naive, they're dumb, and they're unrealistic. Yeah, and like exactly. I've said before, if, if, I, if you, you can say one thing, and if it triggers my immaturity and unrealistic, I'm not talking football with you anymore, Yeah. ever again. I think college oh, no football
0: point. fans are more sensitive about their team than any other fan. Like as like
1: as soon as someone, like for example, like there's some Florida State fans on my baseball team, and there's one who knows what he's talking about, and there's like three that don't, and the three that don't, they say one word. I literally said, okay, go talk yeah. to someone else, because bro, you, you're dude. We wax Boston. What do you mean by that? I wax Boston. What do you mean by that? That's like me saying I I beat the dog crap out of uh, Vanderbilt.
0: Yeah.
1: Cool. What did that do for you? That's like playing a FCS opponent. Unfortunately, it is. So like, whenever they make claims like that, it's like, dude, what are you what are you talking about? So like, Arkansas fan, I can see it. I can see it. Oh, we played Alabama good until the third quarter. You, you well, know? they
0: really didn't. They played them good for a quarter, which was the third quarter. They got blown out for two quarters. a quarterback got hurt, and then they blew it all out. And a guy who hasn't a...
1: taken a snap.
0: Yeah, and then they had an all-time backdoor cover with two long touchdowns because your best linebacker just forgot how to play spy. So. Alright. We'll I want to have one more thing. What because we are we kind of were talking about it for a little minute before we go and, and talk about the Georgia Bulldogs. Jimbo Fisher. He's got the number one recruiting class coming in. They That's, are paying doesn't him, matter. they're paying him ninety five million dollars. Also doesn't matter. He's and they might go seven and five this year. I think they'll be lucky three and four. I said it. How is, how hot is his
1: seat? I promise you if this year he goes 7 and 5 and next year he doesn't go undefeated or I think 10 and 2 is his very 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 bottom floor. Mm. If he doesn't exceed that, fired. I would fire him. Yeah. Cuz he's he's given every single resource possible. Every kind of NIL money you can think of. The best recruiting class in the country, one of the best stadiums and fan bases in the country. What else what else? The uh, extremely good facility. You're in the SEC so you got a bunch of money. So what's the problem? And it's not – it's, it's, it's not players. Yeah. It's not players. It's not facilities. It's not lack of funding. It's players. And it's, and it's scheme. It's not the – it's the scheme you're giving to the players. It's not the players' fault. You're telling the players what to do, and they're not doing it. I mean, they might be doing it. They might not. But it's on the scheme. It's on the coaches. It's on the coaches.
0: And the recruitings just going to get harder. As we've seen, Texas has been able to poach an SEC guy in Arch Manning. Once Texas is in the SEC, you're no longer the only SEC team in Texas. So the recruiting is just going to get harder.
1: No, it's going to be extremely hard. Yeah. Uh, and you got I, more I, I, and
0: more coaches starting to value it as well. I think it's warm. I I, I think his seat is pretty darn. Like he's got
1: the car heat, the car cedar heat on. Oh right yeah, now. It's, on. it's on.
0: It's on. It, Full blast. It, it, it ain't July in Florida with the black leather seats hot, but it's yeah, it, it, it's getting up there. It's starting yeah. to get get a little toasty. All right, <sighs> the Georgia Bulldogs. Through the first three weeks of the year, the majority of—and this isn't just Georgia fans—the majority of college football had already crowned them national champions. Uh, started,
1: and I think that's probably the worst thing that that team needed. Yeah, because after those is.
0: claims were made, we got—we our uh, our poop didn't stink. It, it uh, it, it got a little too nice. It got a little too friendly after we beat the the breaks off of what has turned out to be a very good Oregon team. But that was Week One. Sanford, whatever, and then South Carolina, who had
1: no chance from the kickoff.
0: Yeah, and then then we play a Kent State team that we just mark up as oh the boys probably just went out and had a little fun on Friday noon, night noon
1: game, nothing to play for, not a lot to get ready for. But then but then you have then you have a, a, a night game on the road uh, against against a team who wants to beat you. Yeah, here on out, every team that you guys will play. Wants wants the satisfaction of beating you.
0: See, and this is where what Georgia has to realize. and This is where I'm so glad we have Kirby Smart, who was under Nick Saban for ten years and, and built sh- that up. Great point. Because great point. Georgia is no longer getting the hey, that's a top five program. We got to give them their best shot. No, 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 no. That's why this is the be. Georgia Bulldogs. This is the best team in the country. We are trying to do something incredible against them. And that's what we have to realize. I, I think we get it. I think we finally do. And look, Missouri, they they threw the kitchen sink at us offensively. Everything
1: they possibly I mean, did. it
0: was everything. I mean, I, I haven't seen Missouri have that kind of offensive success or, ha, ha, or not success, but have that kind of offensive play call since they were a, a, a good team. And look, if you follow me on Snapchat or anything like that, you got to see me act up a little bit, because as you, you know, and as all of you know, I've got a lot of connections with the state of Missouri, and a lot of Missouri fans. Boy, you'd have thought they beat us. You would have swore that they beat us, and I had to tell them, look, I apologize for acting the way I acted, because what I had to realize, and what, I, what I'm talking about now, Missouri has not been at the level George has been since 2007. So when a team well, like George. I, would, I wouldn't Bowl say then, that's
1: necessarily the case because they did go to the SEC Championship. Yeah, but like, they didn't
0: have a chance in either one of those games. I mean, they got mollywalked by Cam Newton's Auburn team. They still were there. They were there, but they weren't. Twice. Okay, okay, fair, 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 fair. But still. 2007's and, a stretch, but I get what you mean. Yeah, if like this, they haven't had, I I had a chance to do that. And look, Columbia. Columbia's. It, 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 there was a good crowd. It's a good crowd. It's, tough it's going play. to be a
1: good crowd every time yeah. the Georgia
0: goes on a road. Yeah, and that, and that's just the way, way it is. Like, I promise
1: you that game in Jacksonville is also going to be jumping. Every game that Georgia plays on a road is going to be – every game at home, there's going to be a ton of people there. Yeah. Because either the people are going to be there because, oh, my God, Georgia's amazing, and I I, I quote-unquote like Georgia, so I'm going to go to the game. Or, oh, my God, we're playing against Georgia. What if we win? I want to storm the field. Or, for example, the neutral site, you never know in that game. There's, there's times where Georgia should have won and Florida should have won, and it just was – Flopped multiple times in history.
0: I'll say this I'm not worried. I'm not concerned yet. My concern will come over these next two weeks or three weeks. No, two next week, Vanderbilt. No, bye week, Florida. We cannot play the way we played against Missouri, against Florida at a neutral site. And Tennessee at home. No. If you feel like that against Tennessee,
1: Tennessee might win by two touchdowns.
0: No, they, they, they will. But the silver lining, what, I, what I've been trying to get at is Georgia went on the road against the SEC team, went down two scores at halftime, made adjustments, came back, and won the football game.
1: That's all that matters. That's what good teams do. LSU did
0: it. LSU. Alabama did it. Exactly. We look at teams in the past. How State's these, done it. These all-time great, amazing teams. We we, we talk about 2019. LSU. We, we talk about the all-time uh, team. Yeah, the 2019 LSU team. Look, not uh, all-time team. Let Vanderbilt put up 40 points or dang near 40 points ago. That team needed a last-second long field goal to beat Auburn on the road. Now Auburn on the road that year is obviously not quite the same as Missouri. But whatever. Look, that's college football for this week. We do have one more thing. We don't have. we, we don't talk about it a lot because if we did, it would be. A nightmare, and that's B- Major League Baseball in here. But the playoffs are here, so.
1: J- and this is one thing Reagan and I do indeed have in common.
0: Oh, oh! <laughs> look, Mets! Y'all are so y'all are the best. I love the Mets, and here's why: they are such a poor, hopeless, pitiful franchise. It. They were up ten and a half games in June, and their fan base were split. You had the Stalyticus of the of the world, that bald piece of crap, saying the NL East is over. There's no way we're gonna catch them. This, that, and the other, and you got the rest of them like Frank the Tank and all and all that, where they knew this day was coming. They knew there was coming. They knew their team had no heart, and there was nothing they could do about. It. And we said it. said it. I said it. I said it on social media. I said it. I said it. I said it. I said it. Y- y'all won. Y- y'all beat us in May. You beat us in June. See me in October. In that next to last series in October, see me in October. What happened? Degrom, Zerzer. <laughs> <laughs> Bassett.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so the mess. My, my favorite part, though, of that series was uh, Degrom serving up two 100 miles an hour mm. mile, mile per hour pitches. Mm. Austin Wow. Matt Olson. Wah! Back to back jacks,
0: and it from and that then, moment. And it it, the cherry on top? Dansby, whack! I mean, what, what the thing about this Braves team too one to is nine. it's one, it's so much better than last year's team. And and you look at certain teams, and what what what's so important about baseball heading into the postseason is you you have to get hot at the right time. It doesn't matter if you win 100 plus games. If you stumble in the postseason, you're in trouble. The Braves are better than they were last year. They're getting Ozzie Al- Albies back. They're getting Spencer Strider back. Uh, uh, oh, my God. I like, mean, we look up, and this is I mean, then you're going like. to have
1: guys that have been playing all year in replacement for some of these players, like Von Grislam and yep. Orlando Arcia, who are going to be Marcelo Zuna, pinch hit potential. On the bench, on the bench, guys who helped Braves win multiple games. Multiple games. Von Grislam stepped up in a huge way. Orlando Arcia had a really good series against the Mets. I mean, and Marcelo Zuna, he's a historically power bat who can step in the box and leave the yard at any time. At any time.
0: And we're about to throw out, and, and once we get the postseason, you're not going to go with the five-man rotation. You're just saying, go, go, go four-man rotation. Look, Spencer Strider, he started to throw some. He's starting to look good. And the the part that's so big, the part that is so important, is now the Braves don't have to go out there and pitch Max Free, Charlie Morton, and Kyle Wright and a best two out of three against the Padres. no, no, no. no. The Mets have to go do that now. Now, don't get me wrong; we have, we don't have things all wrapped up. We have to win one of these next two against the Mets Marlins, lose or one. so. But I'm, I'm going to say, for all intents and purposes, we we're, we're going to be okay. Yeah. Knock on wood, but I, I think we'll be okay. But we don't have to do that now, and not only that, we don't have to go play the Dodgers until the NLCS, which is I think that's written. That's what it needs to be. You look at 2020 and 2021. Obviously, the Bre- the Braves were that 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 three uh, one lead in 2020. Blew it. Uh, Mickey Mouse World Series, whatever, didn't count. And then last year, the Braves, Braves did what the Braves do, and they're going to do what they did again in 2022. And we, we look at this lineup... Are you
1: calling back-to-back? Back?
0: I'm calling back-to-back. Back. I, I, I'm calling back-to-back. Back. And <laughs> when I look at this lineup, and the way the Braves, I assume, will line up, it will be Acuna batting one, Dansby two, Riley three. Probably put Olsen in the four hole. I'd probably slide Ozzie in the five, and then I think we'll look at Michael Harris in the six. Contreras seven. D D.H. Contreras seven eight, and then Rosario at nine. Good God, good God. And you know, I
1: have, we have a we have a, a a bug on the wall in our in our podcast room at the moment, and he's showing us pictures of Freddie Freeman. We don't need you, Freddie Freeman. You, you
0: know, I'm not worried about the Dodgers. You know, well, I mean, obviously the Dodgers are going to be the best team that we got to play, and yeah, they probably have the lineup that can match up with that lineup. They don't have a bullpen pitching out of their absolute mind with a 1.55 ERA. He's laughing at it, but what, what what happened to the Dodgers last year? They got shut down by the night shift. They got shut down by the Braves' starting rotation, which is now better because Spencer Strider is <laughs> incredible. And he you know what? In...
1: A lot of people are saying Freddie. We're gonna we're gonna wrap it up here because you know again student athletes things to all do you, you got to get going but um, a lot of people have been saying you know look at Fre- Freeman's numbers look at Olson's number I get it Freeman's had a better year but let's look at the last last week also known as crunch time mm-hmm. what has Olson done homered um, in his last hangy, four
0: games hangy hangy Huh, 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 huh. all right. Well, we'll see. Playoff baseball is here. Bring it on, Freeman. Yeah, my blood pressure is not going to be okay. I mean, between everything going on Sun Conference, playing football, uh, and then Georgia have got me on these high expectations. I will say this thing. I've just hung up the Saints. I'm just not. Yeah, even, they're yeah, yeah, I'm just. I'm a Kamara I'm and good.
1: Thomas can't stay off Yeah,
0: I'm, I'm just going to hang, hang up the Saints. I mean, Kamara's probably about to go to jail. Dennis Allen can't coach. Our offensive coordinator is an absolute joke. Whatever. Who that? I don't know. And I'm just going to focus on the Braves. I'm going to focus on Georgia football, Weber football covering the best conference in NAI, and hopefully I survive until Thanksgiving break. All right, Josh, love you, brother. See you, Ladies and gentlemen, we will catch you on Friday's episode.